Hurt Business Radio listeners get a 20% discount off all Everlast gear at everlastboxing.com.au. Just enter the code HBREverlast20 for your 20% off. Also, give us a five-star review on iTunes or wherever else you get your podcasts. Back to another episode of Her Business Radio. There's a lot going on, a lot of domestic fights coming up. Can't wait to get into it. We're joined by the classy one, Ben Damon. Ben, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Mickey? I'm very well, thanks. Uh, Jay Mitch, the Matador, how are you? Mickey, I'm great. Happy birthday for, was it Tuesday or yesterday? Yeah, happy birthday. Uh, uh, what's today? Uh, yeah, two days ago. Yes. Two days ago. The haze ever since then. Yeah, well, your birthday present came today because um, it's official Tim Zoo. Jack Brubaker, a fan-friendly fight, the excitement machine that is Jack Brubaker in recent times, taking on the young star of Aussie boxing, uh, officially announced today in the presence of boxing greatness with Jeff Fennick there, who, of course, is the new trainer for Brubaker, and uh, Kostya Zhu back in Australia for the first time in three years. So a massive media turnout and a big announcement, um, a very exciting day. Yeah, did you catch the... Uh... The press conference there, Jade? Yeah, I did. I did. I caught um, caught a replay of it. I was running with uh, Ronnie this morning, but um, listened to it in the car on the way home. Yeah, it's, it's a great fight. I, I really like Zoo versus Brubacker. Um, Brubacker has just been in war after war. It's going to be good to see um, if Jeff can um, get a little bit of head movement out of Jack and get him sitting on those punches again. So yeah, it, it's exciting. Thing, um, part of it, isn't it? Because obviously Tim Zulgoen is a heavy favourite in this fight. Jack Brubaker goes up from welterweight to super welterweight. And um, of course, we've seen his last two fights on uh, undercards of Tim Zoo's when he took on Ty Telford in that incredible draw that they had, fight of the year almost certainly. And then he fought against Danny Kennedy as well in what was uh, a very, very good fight before Kennedy had a nasty cut. Um, what do you think, Jade? How much does he have to improve and how much does Fennec have to do with him for him to uh, win this fight against Tim Zoo? Look, I think I think Jack's got to do a lot. I don't think he's looked super impressive in his last couple of fights technically. But there's something I really like about Jack, and I, I, I hate to speak ill of him like that. I really like Jack, and he's, he's a great guy. But there's something I, what I really like about Jack is there's an honesty to him. He knows that he has to make these improvements and these adjustments. And he's gone out of he's gone out of his way to he 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 sought out Jeff as a trainer. He wants to improve. He wants to take this um, take fights like this, and he's never been one to shy away from a challenge or a fight. And the challenge for him now is to make the adjustments that he needs to, and um, hopefully Jeff can um, can help him. Yeah, can help him make the adjustments and just he just needs to be able to get off the train tracks, do a little bit of boxing again. And when he was putting people to sleep, like you saw his um, Yang Zing Zing, uh, the KO of the Chinese fellow when he uh, won the WBC Youth World title. Um, yeah. yeah, we want to see him sitting on those shots again and head movement. So like I said, there's an honesty to Jack. He knows he's got to change. Um, so it's going to be good to see what he brings to the table. Gee, that seems like forever ago, that fight. Um, it was on a Danny Green undercard, I can remember, in Melbourne. I ring announced that fight. And, um, yeah, what what an amazing performance that was from a relatively unknown Jack Brubaker who'd only had a handful of fights. He's um, he's changed quite a lot as a fighter since then. He's become, um, 
yeah, uh, well, I don't know. What would you say? A bit more uh, robotic in his movements, but far more entertaining. Yeah. He, he's so good to watch um, in all of these fights and that Ty Telford fight that um, we all saw and which was uh, the out-and-out leader for fight of the year was just incredible. Um, I, I don't know what we see. Like, uh, do we see Brubaker... Um, come in with some changes under Jeff Fennick with some ideas and then when it all gets real, does he go back to what he knows best and turn this into the war that he, he loves or does he um, is he able to change it up? Is he able to move his head and uh, move a little bit more and provide a, a different target for Tim Zhu? It makes it a, a fascinating contest. He's going to have to with Tim because if Jack comes in with that upright with that upright style, We've seen, mate. We've seen, we've seen Tim Zhu make improvements and adjust in every single fight of his so far throughout his career. Um, so Jack, Jack's got to make big improvements on his last couple of performances. That's that's pretty that's pretty blunt and pretty brutal, but that's just the way I see it. Um, can he drag Tim into the trenches? Can he wear Tim's shots? Jack's tough, tough as anything. Like he's 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 almost too tough. Um, he sort of backs his chin and just fires away. But um, yeah, I'm I'm really interested to see the adjustments that he makes un, under Jeff because it, it's only it's only it's only little little changes he's got to make. Um, it's not like he's got to rebuild Jack because Jack can fight, Jack can fight, Jack can box, but he's just got to get out of the trenches. So yeah, it's 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 exciting. I, I just I just yeah, and he's coming up in weight too, so I don't want to see him. Just try take a shot to give a shot back to Zoo because Zoo has shown some pop. Like he's he's had he's had guys in trouble in his recent fights, and look at all of his stoppages before this as well. So it's um it's it just seems like it'll be big trouble for for um Jack if he if he tries to just stand and trade. That that's got to be out of his game plan. What do you guys make of like the amount of time he's been with Jeff? Is that enough to make those adjustments? Well, he's got a long prep from yeah. now because we're. 10 weeks out from the fight. They've um, been together for three weeks. Um, so, yeah, theoretically, I, I think there's enough time for him to adjust. He's got the basics, as um, Jade yeah. said, and it's not as though he's been training with a battler. He's been with Graham Shaw, the um, former um, trainer of the unified uh, middleweight champion of the world, Daniel Gill. So Graham Shaw knows what he's doing. And Jack, if he does get some improvement out of working with Jeff, then 10 weeks is enough to do it. The other concerning thing is, um, you would have seen at the press conference today, um, Jeff's not a great nick. He's got um, a problem with his shoulders. He's got frozen shoulders at the moment. He doesn't want to have an operation. He's just getting all sorts of other treatments. So he's not going to be able to do too much in terms of um, holding pads or a lot of the training that he likes to do with his boxes. So... Um, probably not ideal for Jeff or for Jack in, in that sense, but I'm sure they'll um, they'll find a way around yeah. it, and um, yeah, they'll still be able to to get what they want out of Jack. It's just whether he goes back to what he knows best um, once the bell rings and once he takes a few shots. Jay, do you reckon you can send him your stems guy to Jeff Fennick? Doctor Peter Lewis. Yeah, look, that that um, yeah. I didn't have to get surgery on my shoulder tears at the start of the year. Had the old shoulder capsule filled up with stems, and it um, healed the tear in my labrum and tear in my subscap. So, I will. I'll actually, I'll actually reach out to Jeff and send him page details. Very nice. So, Ben, do we have any info on the undercard? Um, we can't announce the undercard yet, but there's, um, there's some really good fights, um, some good names, uh, maybe returning to mainstream boxing after a little while in the wilderness. Um, there's a good mainstream fight as well that people are going to get excited about. Um, 
Yeah, it's going to be a really strong undercard, and we're going to actually um, make some announcements on the undercard as we go along. So given we're so far out, 10 weeks, um, we're going to just wait and um, maybe create a, a little bit more mainstream media buzz when um, we have an opportunity to announce them. But it'll certainly be another really big night. It's back at the same venue, the ICC, the Super State Theatre at Darling Harbour in Sydney, awesome. where we saw... Um, Tim Zhu fight against Dwight Ritchie, a, a fantastic venue, both at the venue itself and on television. Um, so, yeah, looking forward to that. And, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be really interesting to see how um, Tim Zhu goes against uh, an opponent who you would think gives him every opportunity to show just um, the level of skills that he has developed because he's been improving each and every time. And uh, this year, we've seen him twice as the headline act on main event. First of all, obviously, beating Joel Camilleri for the Australian title and then uh, dominating Dwight Ritchie and uh, a really strong fight after Ritchie was cut early. So now um, he gets the chance to go in against a, a very entertaining Jack Brubaker and um, put on a show for his growing pool of I fans. Think, I think it's fair to say and to just assume that um, the undercard's going to be awesome because... Every show that No Limit has put on has just been stacked from top to bottom. The matchmaking has been great. Um, it's just been Matt Rose has done an awesome job. He's he's um, a real breath of fresh air. He's, he's not um, he's not too he's, well. He's relatively young in the promotion game, and he's absolutely killing it. No Limit have put on the best domestic shows of recent memory. That's for sure. So. I would imagine that uh, when it does get announced, we're all going to be happy. That's for sure. Yeah, it's awesome seeing you know just these <clears throat> great domestic fights again and again and again. He's not just shipping in some random guy from you know like Thailand or something. He's actually yeah. names that the Aussie public recognize and enjoy watching. So yeah, yeah he's, he's doing a great job, Matt Rose. Yeah. And yeah, can't well, wait to see what um, for Brubaker to get in now after what he's done on these undercards of late. Because if you've watched those shows, then you're not going to complain about yeah. this fight because you've um, watched those shows and gone, oh, gee, I like watching him. And now he's in the main event yeah. um, taking on the top dog. So, uh, yeah, those who've started watching Tim Zhu's journey already uh, will be excited. And those who've got a whisper of what Jack Brubaker has been doing um, will be excited yeah, as well. And that, that's exactly right. And how, yeah. how, cool, how cool is that, that he's been on these shows, on the undercards, absolute wars. It's just, I don't know, it's just a perfect recipe to, to build up this uh, this fun fight. It's yeah, it's cool. Really cool. Not that long ago that Tim Zoo was on Jack Brubaker's yeah. undercard. Tyrone was Nurse, wasn't it? Yeah, the Nurse show, yeah. Um, the he was, yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, it's gone full circle. Yeah. Yeah, and this is the first fight with the main event new branding, which looks awesome. And I don't know if people, our viewers have seen the launch video, but it ties in really well with the new logo and just a really awesome way to promote uh, the, the rebranding of you know Australia's pay-per-view platform yeah yeah it does look good um so yeah it's about time that um things are updated and they have been freshened up so there's a new look on all the main event socials and they will be on all the broadcasts uh going forward so yeah that's that's really exciting and um yeah there's plenty of plenty of good action coming up uh, boxing and UFC as well so it's a really busy time from now to the end of the year it's cool because it's Main event and boxing, pay per view, everything in general is um it's a changing of guard now. We've we've got well Tim Zhu, would we say he he's the face of Australian boxing now after Jeff losing to Zarafa? Well certainly uh yeah, it feels that way, doesn't in it? In the conversation for yeah. sure. Yeah. I, I think well, 
myself personally, I think he does just because of how much, how much, um, how much, how much that name holds in Australian boxing too. I, I think, I think he's he's got to be. And you would know too, Ben. Like his numbers have been, um, his numbers have been very good through pay per view, haven't they? Yeah. Oh, they've been strong. Given he's come from nowhere, yeah. um, they've been really strong. It's been a really good start um, for him, and uh, he gets another chance. Obviously, the December six, and um, we mentioned Jeff Horn there. Well. Um, yeah, he has announced that he is staying with Glenn Rushton. and he has announced he plans to continue boxing and he has announced that he wants to fight before the end of the year. So uh, we don't have any details. We don't know if that uh, Michael Zarafa rematch will take place, if he's going to go ahead. Obviously, there is that rematch clause um, or if there's another avenue. There's a lot of talk and speculation about um, both what Jeff Horn and Michael Zarafa are doing, but uh, no clarification just yet. So uh, we do wait. And, um, yeah, I, I sort of got the feeling that Jeff was going to fight on, um, but obviously until it was confirmed, um, it, it was still a little bit up in the air, I, I'd imagine. What, what were your blokes' uh, thoughts? Did you think there was a chance he'd retire? Um, I, for mine, yeah, he if he, wasn't, if he wasn't in the right state, Leading into that fight and wasn't wasn't doing the right things as far as nutrition and, and training are concerned. Um, he hasn't come out and made flat out excuses about it. But after the career that Jeff's had, you want to right that wrong. You want to come back and you want to fix it. He's still young enough. He's a hell of a fighter. Um, so I always thought that Jeff was going to come back. You know what I'd what I would love to see is I'd love to see Zarafa get the Murata fight. Go over there to Japan, beat Murata, yeah. and then imagine the rematch of Rafa Horn for the WBA regular title. That would be that would be the dream scenario. That would be unbelievable. But um, yeah, I always thought Jeff was going to come back. You got to ride that wrong. Stranger things have happened. Um, there is still no opponent booked for December the twenty third when Ryota Murata will be defending his uh, version of the middleweight world title. So. Um, Michael Zarafa remains firmly in the conversation for that position and um, that'd be huge for him. And yeah, as you mentioned, if he could snatch an upset victory there and then um, rematch uh, Jeff Horn, then yeah, that, that'd be enormous for Australian yeah, that boxing. Would be, that would be the... If Zarafa was to beat Murata, though, he'd have to be in the conversation up there with Tim Zhu as the face of Aussie boxing, yeah. beating the man who previously was and then winning a world title. Yeah, yeah, no so, doubt. No doubt, what a story that would be for, for Michael Zarafa after um, oh, an upset over Jeff Horn going to um, Japan and upsetting the local champion. That would be, um, yeah, quite incredible. And, yeah, who knows? It may happen. The only thing that makes Tim Zhu the face of boxing over over Zarafa for me is because Tim Zhu's actually got a TV deal in place. We don't know what Michael Zarafa's mm. doing just yet. Yeah. Um, who yeah? Who knows what he's doing? Because yeah. the guys who have TV, it's a bit hard to be the face of Australian boxing when you don't have a TV deal in Australia. So yeah, Tim's no got in there, but he's pound for pound number one fighter in Australia, according to Oz Boxing. But also, like the light middleweight division in Australia is like exciting as fuck right now. I mean, just look at look at those like there's four names there that are just world level and. If they, you know, if they were to all fight each other, there's an awesome rivalry there between oh. the four of them. Yeah, we're still waiting on um, the announcement of Dennis Hogan's big fight, which has been so well talked about for for quite some time. Uh, not official as That's yet, but uh, yet. yeah, we wait to see what happens. That's not signed yet. Hey, 
Well, it's not announced yet. Um, I think it's been, what was it, two weeks ago that we we tried not to announce it? Yeah, but it's been kind of reported on Twitter and yeah. stuff. Yeah. I've been seeing it pop yeah. up here and there. I can't remember what we even said two weeks ago. I can't remember what I said two minutes ago. But, um, yeah. Yeah. No, mate. Hogan, Horn, Zarafa, and Zoo. That, uh, that's the funnest division in Australia right now. That's Imagine like an Australian boxing oh, super series nice. with them four. Right. Um, yeah. As, like we're allowed well, to dream, but I'm just imagining. Hogan and um, Hogan and Horn are the same camp, so that's not going to happen. Oh, strange things have happened, but yeah, we're allowed to dream. Yeah, <laughs> talk that much about Kostya being in town, did we? Um, it's great to not at all. The buzz that that Kostya brought to the press conference today. There was a huge media turnout, and um, I dare say a lot of that is because Kostya was back. First time he's been back in the country for three years. He lives in. Russia now for those um, who weren't aware, and um, yeah, he was he was really excited to be back. He, he remembered everyone who'd been around all that time. He um, was a bit nostalgic when he got back into that ring at Rockdale, where obviously he's done so many rounds of sparring and training for for major fights internationally during his storied career. And um, yeah, it was just just really cool to see him back and to have him alongside um, Jeff Fennick, and obviously the pair of them have had issues they've been close and then not and you know all, all the usual Australian boxing things but uh they were great with each other today and yeah really special um to have the pair of them in the same place uh once again and exciting to have them on opposite sides of this fight um yeah it's a it's a, a really exciting time yeah that adds to the drama of this fight as well like yeah that's cool it's awesome Australian boxing royalty in the house this morning yeah. Is there any chance we can get Costia back for the fight itself? Well, I pitched up to him pretty hard in the press conference. I don't know if you saw. Yeah, he didn't seem uh, too keen though, did he? No, he didn't seem that keen. He ducked me. <laughs> he said he, he didn't like the flight. I was like, well, don't go back then. Just wait. Like, how long, yeah, just hang around. What are we? Um, December. So 10 weeks, you could do that, couldn't you? I know yeah. he's, he's got young kids and a, a young family. Yeah. So he wants to get back. So I don't think we will, but I'm sure. Um, well, well, I'm not sure, but I would imagine if we get into a position where a fight like Tim Zhu and, say, Jeff Horn were to take place or maybe Tim Zhu and Michael Zarafa or, you know, one of those sorts of fights, then there would be extreme moves to get him to come back and be a part of that sort yeah. of promotion. That would be awesome, yeah, because it definitely adds, you know, with him in the building on fight night, it just yeah, yeah. It definitely adds to the, to the atmosphere. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm actually... um. I've got a day tomorrow shooting with Kostya. So um, we'll be spending a fair bit of time with him and getting a lot of content um, around him for, for this particular fight and going forward as well. So looking forward to, to that. Um, did have a chance to interview him on the Main Event Boxing Podcast a little while ago, but um, that was a bit difficult from Russia. And now having him in person, um, yeah, it'd be really good to, to have a good chat with him about where he's at with his life and also um, to reminisce about his phenomenal boxing career yeah um going back we didn't really say too much about this about jeff horn sticking with uh glenn rushton yeah despite all the criticism um i know jade uh you can provide insight with you know boxing loyalty and you know right. sticking Second together with your, if lenifer let a fight go on like that um Ooh. yeah uh, well tough question yeah. We let the Poulsen fight go the distance. I, I would have <laughs> <laughs> The only person who let the Poulsen fight go the distance was me. 
I would have thrown Al after about four in that one. Like that, people don't need to go through that stuff. He's um, yeah, he's mate. We touched on this on the last episode. You know, I had torn labrum, torn subscapularis, and a torn right bicep. I couldn't knock the stinky bastard out. I just couldn't. I couldn't do it. I'm sorry. I'm starching people again. Oh, at like so. If I well, we have a injury yeah. free, I guarantee you, Stinky wouldn't have got out of there. He wouldn't have lasted three rounds. Yes. Wow. What a performance. Um, I wasn't there. Mickey, you weren't there either, were you? I don't think. No, I was very close. I had a wedding um in the same building. Could but... you hear the thud of when? Oh, look, it was deafening. We we did have to go outside and see what the commotion was. <laughs> um, <laughs> But funnily enough, I did bump into Jade after the fight, which was a nice surprise. Yeah, yeah we caught up. He looked fresh. He looked like he hadn't even fought. Well, he had. Well, well I hadn't. I hadn't, I hadn't fought. I bet How pardon. long did it go? What was the official number? Uh, two minutes, just over two and a half minutes. Weren't you trying to get rounds? I was trying to, but um, I just saw the shot. I saw, I, saw, I saw the shot and took it. But um, I had to be, to be completely honest with you fellas, I was not expecting that at all. Um, Lenifer has been saying I've been throwing, throwing a lot heavier, a lot harder now. Um, I have faith in my body. Like for the past two years, like every time I've like thrown a left hook properly uh, in training, I've like literally had to stop training there and then and have a few days off. Um, constant anti-inflammatories, just my body was in all sorts. So it's just great to be able to train properly again and throw solid punches. Tamba, Tamba in his career, he's just, just a journeyman. I was really honest about my opinion on Tamba. I thought that I could possibly get him out of there late. But, yep. um, yeah, just to be able to throw shots heavy again. From from the onset, um, from the onset, I, start, I sort of was throwing shots, throwing shots with a bit of venom on him. And um, I just yeah, caught him with the right hand and the left hook was straight behind it. I'm kind of spewing. I, I sort of just just touched him with a jab on the way down. I chopped him down like a big tree. I, I sort of I hit him with the right. Left hook, he was gone. He was on his way down. I'm just going boink with the little jab on the way down. Just made it look terrible. But <laughs> yeah, but um, it's I wasn't expecting it. He's been very durable. He's never been starched like that before. So Huge result cool. for uh, Lenifer as well. Uh, yeah, he lives to fight another day. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see how we go this next camp. Um, but yeah, he's hanging in by he, hanging in there by the skin of his teeth at the moment, Lenifer. So yeah, which takes yep. us to Glenn Rushton. Um, yes, talking about moments ago. Yeah, so it has been confirmed that uh, Jeff Horn will be sticking with Glenn Rushton. Uh, there was ample criticism, as you mentioned, um, uh, Mickey, uh, obviously around the stoppage in particular. Um, and it's pretty clear that Jeff wasn't particularly happy with some of the things that Glenn said in that press conference um, that we were all at after the fight. Mm. He decided, he's, yeah, he's going to stick with him. Um, he doesn't feel that he needs a change. Uh, I'm not surprised at all about that. I, I think it would have been an extremely difficult conversation for Jeff to have with Glenn. I think it actually would have been a conversation that would have been too difficult. I think he would have rather retire than have that conversation, to be perfectly honest, because they're so close. Yeah. Uh, like a father-son sort of a thing. Um, and there's obviously a great deal of belief. He's one of those guys, um, Glenn Rushton, whether you like him or not, he gets in the head of his fighters and they want to fight for him. And 
Um, he's got a little bit of a cult going there, actually, uh, the, the way that it feels, the way they talk about him. So I can completely understand that, um, that that's the decision he's made. I, I, I don't know. What do you think, um, fellas? Do you think it's the right decision for him to stick or did he need a change? Um, look, at the end of the day, I believe it comes down to that belief in your trainer. We, um, from the outside looking in, it's easy to criticise, but um, only Jeff knows what um, what he what he needs and what works for him. And he he's champion of the world under that man, and that's the only trainer he's ever had. So he's obviously doing something right. Um, from the outside looking in, and listening to guys like Jeff Fennick, who I love I love listening to Jeff. Um, he's tried and proven, and listening to him talking about. You've got coaches and you've got teachers. Um, yeah, I, it's just it's it's just, just a really hard one. I, I know I know for myself we joke about um, giving Leonard for the ass all the time, but um, oh, we're joking. Joking. I was, I was joking. I was joking. He he may look. Oh. Another yeah. thing too, Leonard for, from the outside looking in, that bloke looks useless, but uh, he's all right. He goes on. <laughs> <laughs> we never said useless. <laughs> that was rough. I'm going to cop it for that. Sorry, Lennifer. Um, yeah, only, only only Jeff knows. And look, they've, they've gotten there before. And the thing is, too, is Jeff might be holding himself a little bit to blame as well for for that preparation because we know, we know it wasn't 100%. Yeah, yeah, I oh, know. Yeah. He he is he is one hundred percent blaming. Uh, not always. Well, he's certainly taking some of the blame himself. He knows that uh, preparation wasn't as uh, good as it needed to be against the world class fighter like Michael Zarafa, and he, he found that out. So, yep. And we look at what what he does next if he if he thinks he can compete at middleweight and have a rematch with Zarafa, or if it's um, I don't completely haven't you? I don't like Jeff at middleweight. Um, yeah, I think he had, I think he had a big advantage as a welterweight with the size and the strength of Jeff. We watched the way that he nullified um, Pacquiao's second and third attacks, like how Pacquiao spring out, spring back in. Jeff was able to close the distance and just just maul him, just shut that down. He's not going to be able to do that. He's not going to be able to have that physicality with middleweight. So, um, listening to your podcast with Jeff Fennick, um, yeah. I think. Jeff needs to be one hundred percent dedicated if he's gonna if he's gonna continue, and he's got to come back as at least a junior middleweight. We'll have another run at the welterweight division. I know it's it's all well and good for me to say that, and it's all well and good for Jeff to say that too. But um, sitting there as a cruiserweight as we speak, me, yes, I am. Um, <laughs> I couldn't even lie then. You got um, angry for a minute. I, I'm sitting, if you must know, I'm sitting at 83 kilos right now, which is the lightest I've ever sat um, in between fights. Like that? Sorry, that's good. good. Mate, it's it's amazing. So before I even start, before I start the weight cut, I'd like to be at 80 kilos. Normally I'm around 83, 85 kilos. I cut to 76. I get back in the ring the night after it. 85 kilos. Yeah. That's okay. Looks so ripped. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yes. Well, uh, I guess that takes us along um, to what is next. Your in- favorite fighter. 
My favourite the removalist. Oh, we can talk about yeah. that. Yeah, let's do that. Um, yeah, Francis Chua's back. Well, he's he's not back, I guess. He had a fight, but he's um, he never left. in a rematch with Kai McKenzie uh, after last year's upset of the year. It was on the um, Jeff Horn anthony Munzine undercard at Suncorp Stadium, and McKenzie was in line for a shot at Vasily Lomachenko, and there was plenty of talk about that fight coming out to Australia. But uh, some fella named Francis Chua, the removalist, upset him. In an incredible upset. I um, was uh, very pleased to get to call that fight. And they're going to do it again. Um, so it's taking place. I think it's the 9th of November. Um, it's a, a show in Western Sydney. Uh, so a non-televised show. But hopefully there's a stream of it because um, that, McKenzie and Chip had a cool fight for the rematch. What a shame that's not televised. Yeah, that would be good on the undercut of like yeah. the what, zoo what, fight. What's what, yeah, the there? Speak to Matt Rose. That should be on the undercard of, of Zoo Brubacker. That'd be great. I have, I have spoken. Um, I've, I've tried to make those moves. Okay. Uh, I, don't, I don't think we've got anywhere just yet. We'll but, uh, is, yeah. is McKenzie going to have anything to do with Matt Rose going forward now? Um, well, I don't think they ever officially ended their association, but obviously he, he disappeared after that loss. This is his first fight back. Um, so first fight in very close to a year. Yeah. And there are a lot of question marks around the professionalism of McKenzie's preparation exactly. for that. So, yeah, I, I don't know, to be honest. But um, regardless, um, repeat or revenge. What do you guys think about him going straight into a rematch? Did he need to have like a maybe a, like no. a tune-up fight? I know every fight is different, but... McKenzie, when he's 100%, is, is an animal. He just um, He's so powerful. He's so strong. And we talk about unprofessional. I've, I've heard all sorts of things about McKenzie. We talk about Jeff Horn's camp not being too bad, having a bit of pizza and some full-strength Coke, Co- Coca-Cola, <laughs> Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. Um, we talk about pizza and a bit of soft drink. Um, I believe McKenzie, McKenzie's um, preparation for that one, he didn't take it seriously at all. So I don't think he needs a tune-up. I think he needs to get back in there and right that wrong. Um, with all due respect to to Ben's favourite fighter, but um, we look at we look at Mackenzie's career up until that point, and I've heard he was very unprofessional in the lead up to that um, to that fight. So I don't think he needs a doesn't need a tune up. He just needs a good camp and needs to get himself right mentally and um, get in there and right that wrong. Doesn't like inactivity though sometimes hurt your preparation if you're not sort of war ready mm. in some cases i mean it's only like going to be 12 months but how? yeah i mean they say inactivity kills careers yeah, it just so. depends on how it just depends on how um it just depends on how long he's had how how serious he's been in training in the lead up to this we we don't know if he's taking it seriously he'd be training the house down he'd be he'd be obsessed with with getting the win over Chua, um, because you go from talking about Brazil Lomachenko coming out here to fighting you to to fight you, and you're number two you're number two in the world, and then all of a sudden the uh, removalist knocked you off your perch. You'd just be yeah. you'd be obsessed. So if he is and he's doing everything right, I, I don't think you need that tune up. Okay. Also on that card, Lucas Brown. Um, no opponent confirmed who's meant to be fighting against Bowie Tupo, but um, Bowie's retired apparently. 
Um, so that won't be happening. Um, so Lucas Brown looking for an opponent, but he'll be fighting on um, that card as well. So it's an outstanding card for a um, a club show um, in Western Sydney on November the 9th. I think it's at St. Mary's Band Club, um, which is a place we've actually been, but uh, no, I didn't know they were in a position to do fights, but clearly they are. So good show if you can get and to Lucas it. Lucas Brown fighting on these smaller club shows as well. The man, former heavyweight champion of the world. Yeah. Yeah, well, again, he was um, he was offered a position. He won the punch bowl yeah. not that long ago. He did, yep. I, I called that fight. He fought against that American fella. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's uh, yeah he, he did have an opportunity to go on. Well, even though he could have gone on this Tim Zujak Brubaker card, but um, I think there's something in terms of the date. He has to fight before a certain date um, because of the belts or something. I, did, I can't remember. But, yeah, they, they wanted to get him in as soon as possible, so he's going to be Is there any chance of seeing Lucas on a No Limit show? What's that? Do you think there'd ever be... Because I know he was talking to Matt Rose, but do you, do you yeah. think we'll ever see Lucas on a... Yeah, he on a, a cards. Yeah, yeah. He, he's a um, free agent, so he has a, a good relationship pretty much with with most. And, um, yeah, he could fight on, on anyone's cards if he gets the right opponent. I want to see Lucas Brown yeah. versus Leopi. Leopi, man, Leopi, that's how yeah. tough he was in yeah. the Parker fight. I... I, I at this yeah. stage of both their careers and just for for Australian boxing, I want to see that fight. I want to see it now. Like, that would be so much fun. Well, if Lucas was willing to fight Bowie Tupo, and I don't think there was – I don't know what the money was, but you wouldn't have thought that there'd be too much difference between that fight and the Leopold fight in his mind or in terms of um, the cash that would be involved. Would you like it? If he thought that he could beat Bowie, surely he – thinks he beats Alex. Yeah, Bowie's, Bowie's no pushover, that's for sure. I was ringside when Bowie knocked out Randall Raymond earlier in the year at um, on one of the Billy Hussain shows, the one actually where um, <laughs> Bowie, made return. Oh, Bowie killed a guy. No, that was, it was, yeah, it was brutal. It was a scary one. It was one of those ones where you're like, oh, no, this is serious. Like something, and he got up, Randall. He's a tough dude, but it was one of those shots and you were just like, oh, my goodness. So, I have absolutely no idea what's gone on for him to retire, but clearly mm. something. Maybe it's a bad injury. I don't know. Yeah. 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 And Reynold Quinlan and Mark Lucas. Yeah. This is a fight. Um, I think it's in Wollongong. Uh, Reynold Quinlan, most recently we saw him against Matteo Tapia. Um, I'm pretty sure the last time we saw Mark Lucas was against Sam Solomon. So um, the pair of them coming off pretty bad losses. Uh, mm. And yeah, if you lose this one, Gee, you're in strife. Yeah, it's well, both yeah. both boys, yeah, coming off decisive losses. Not like they were super knocked around in those fights, but um, no. both clearly beaten. So this is, um, yeah, this is a real must win for both boys, and I, I like it. Who do who yeah. do who do you lean towards for this one? Um, I'd say Quinlan. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, um, I would imagine it's at middleweight, is it, or is it at, that previously when this was talked about, it was going to be at a catchweight. I don't know where they've found okay. them away here. Um, I know Reynolds was um, confident he could get to middleweight even in the lead up to that last fight against Tapia and obviously Lucas can, but um, yeah, I'm not sure. But um, yeah, it's a tough one, isn't it? Like I, I was pretty disappointed 
um, in the performance of Reynold Quinlan um, against Tapia, and obviously Tapia is special. Yeah. But um, there wasn't a lot of variation there. He didn't um, seem to have a plan B, and and it wasn't as good a performance as we expected, given how he looked. Um, so yeah, he's flat again, then you give Lucas a really good chance. But um, if it's the Quinlan of old, then um, he would be a heavy favourite. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what to make of um, Quinlan Tapia. He just never. He never, never really changed gears, and like you said, there's just absolutely no variation at all. He didn't try anything new. He didn't. I don't know. He just sort of seemed happy to go through the motions. It was a weird one too in calling it because yeah, you sort of going into the fight because he looked how he did and he seemed so pumped and ready. I just expected a really dynamic performance from him, and he um, it just didn't come. Whether Tappy is that good that he makes you look ordinary and he worries you out of your shots. Um, maybe that's the case, but um, yeah, he just never got going. Mm. Yeah, that's a weird one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's had a weird career though. Like he's moved up and down in ways, taken all these crazy tough fights, like one after another. It's oh. I mean, surely that's all taken its toll as well. Yeah, yeah. No, Fighting Joshua Boazzi on a few weeks' notice, a light heavyweight, for example. Yeah, absolutely. He's had um, he's had a crazy career, just up and down, taking some ridiculous fights. I hope he's been paid for, and that's that's all I can say. Well, made no doubt. Like even in the preparation for his fight against Chris Eubank, coming off um, the victory over Daniel Gill, um, yeah, it it wasn't a, a as professional a preparation as it could have been. That is for sure, and. Then obviously had that incredible war with Damien Hooper, um, a great fight, but again at light heavyweight. Um, so yeah, there's been a, a lot of um, a lot of mistakes made, but he's been entertaining, and no doubt he'll be entertaining again against Mark Lucas. Yeah, I'll tell you. Sure, and Daniel oh, Lewis. Yeah, sorry, here you go. Sorry. No, no, go for um, it. Another Aussie fight. There's a bit of speculation around, which is interesting for me, just because I love seeing this this guy in action and. Um, I think he's going to do great things. Is Daniel Lewis and Victor Nagby, three-time world kickboxing champion. Um, there's a lot of speculation around that fight happening, and so I know he's um, Daniel Lewis is fighting is it tomorrow, even or the next day. He's he's got a fight somewhere yeah. in Sydney. This too, Daniel Lewis, like his last fight against Wade Ryan was on TV, and that was such a great fun fight. The public needs to see this guy. He's something special. And he's a, a future star for Australian boxing. Um, I want to see this guy on TV and um, and in in big fights. Who is he fighting? Anyone of note? I see. I don't even know anything about this fight. He's fighting a Fijian fella named uh, Silaveni Nawai. Um, He's also got another fight scheduled having, after that. Having said that, but having said that, but it's still so early in the piece, and he's just got to build yeah. that build that record up, build a career. Um. Yeah. Be active, which, which yeah. is fine. But I, I, for my own selfish reasons, want to see the guy on TV and want to see him in meaningful fights. But um, provided he's being active, see, I, I, I didn't even know that he was fighting this weekend or when did you know yeah. Was? yeah, Friday night. It's Friday night. So, what happened to his top rank deal? Well, he like, you mentioned you mentioned before, Mickey, that he does have another fight scheduled. That is an American fight as part of his top rank deal. So, uh, okay, yeah, that would be oh, cool. American debut if that comes off, and it's in early November. So, hopefully, that 
that does come off. Make it hard to make the Nagby fight in December then, if that's what they're talking about. Right, yeah, okay. Yeah, well, I, I, I read about it on Oz Boxing. Yeah, that's right. Victor Nagby yeah. calling for it. Mm, well, Nagby, mate, that's, that's – he's got a set of balls on him, that's for sure, because that um, – Nagby, Nagby, look, he's an absolute monster in the kick in kickboxing, and he's made the switch over to boxing. Um, you and I called his fight against Joe Wright on Wildfighter One, didn't we? Was it Wildfighter yeah. One? He fought to a draw with Joe White. Yeah. It was, yeah. Yeah, and um, wasn't wasn't overly impressed by Nagby there, but um, to want to fight Lewis, um, full credit to him. He certainly wants, certainly wants the big fights and wants to have a crack because um, he's been vocal about wanting that fight. That's why I knew about it and brought it up. I don't even know and didn't even know about Lewis's next fight. So, yeah. yeah. Anyway, it's an interesting one. And, yeah, I, I love Daniel Lewis. I want to see more of him. Another big fight which has been getting a bit of attention lately is Anthony Mundine versus John Wayne Parr. Uh, I don't know if there's been any more developments in that. I know we've got a venue now. Ben, is there anything you can share with us? Oh, well, it's made and made official. They've announced it. Um, yeah, it's going to be on the 30th of November um, on a Friday night uh, at Seabus Stadium on the Gold Coast. So a massive venue, um, a stadium. Right? They've only um, sort of got half the stadium open. But even so, I think it's um, somewhere in the vicinity of 15,000 that um, they're hoping to get there. So that is a massive uh Event uh, John Wayne Parr obviously is a big name um, in uh, Muay Thai and kickboxing and, and also with his limited boxing career and um, a fantastic fella as well. And obviously in the twilight of his career, he says that this is going to be his second last fight. He's going to have the boxing event against Anthony Mundine and have one more um, Muay Thai fight in an attempt to get his 100th win, I think it is, um, after that. But uh, all kickboxing fight um whereas uh, obviously anthony mundine's been a, a legend of boxing and they're both getting on in years and there's plenty who don't want to see this fight and there's plenty with um question marks as to whether it should be happening but it is happening um so yeah mundine john wayne parr um it, it'll be certainly a very interesting one mate i think this is a great fight i i love it they're two absolute legends of the sport of combat sports um I love it. Who else? Who else are these two going to fight? I, I, they're in the twilight of their career. It's, it's almost, um, yeah, it's almost dumps for both of them. I, I think this is awesome, and to, to celebrate two legends, um, at this venue, I, 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 I look. I don't see him possibly pulling that crowd, but I'm all for this fight. I love it. I like it. Makes sense. It's like any legend in any sport. It's the last chance to see them before they retire, and there's two of them. So it makes sense that they'd get you know a fair few people show yeah, up. And, and, in defense, and it's nice to see them fight on a Friday. Yeah, in defense fight as well, they're, they're about the same age. It's not as though you've got one bloke who's older against one bloke who's younger, like a fight that is also yeah. set to be taking place in late November in the UK with the legendary possibly the greatest super middleweight of all time and former WBC um, super middleweight champion who, who, who's considered alongside Joe Calzaghe their greatest super middleweight of all time, Nigel Benn, who is fighting against the former WBC super middleweight champion of the world, Sakio Bika. Um, that is a crazy, crazy fight. Sakio 
is um, 40 himself, but Nigel Ben's 55. Um, so that fight is happening apparently over in um, in the UK. The day after um, uh, one of the domestic shows we'll be doing um, on Fox Sports, it'll be, I think it's on the 24th of, um, I think it's yeah, scheduled to be the 24th of November in, in Birmingham, I think. Um, so a lot of talk about this. I've talked a bit with Sakio along the way. Um, he was obviously blown away when the offer came in yeah. and confused. And I said, don't worry about it because it'll just never happen. But then it, uh, it kept growing and growing and um, he signed a contract and uh, it's been in the papers in the UK. Um, as far as he's concerned, it's happening. So until he's told otherwise, he'll be heading off to fight against um, Nigel Ben. A bizarre one, that. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see. it be interesting to see what um, what the UK boxing board make of this fight. Well, it's not the BBOC. It's it's another one. It's the Irish and British board. Yeah, the Irish. Yeah. Uh, the Irish board apparently have approved it or uh, are approving it. Um, so it's not. Yeah, it, it it's not the British yeah. boxing board of control. It's uh, it's yeah. it's absolutely crazy, and that just goes to show the champion mindset. That, it, that Nigel Ben obviously has. He still th- he thinks the age of fifty five. He's happy to come back, and they made the offer to Sakio Bicker. Yeah. He could have why picked a fight with he, anyone. Why would you want to fight Sakio Bicker? I don't know what Sakio. This is hard. I know. Sakio Bicker at thirty three for me scares the hell out yeah. of me. I, and Nigel knows Sakio really well. Like they've they've even done some. Rounds of light sparring. Um, Nigel was around when um, we were preparing Sakio for um, the defense of his world title against. Um, He's got a house in Australia. He lives with Nigel Ben. Nigel Ben. He lives at um, Castle Hill in uh, northwestern Sydney. Um, he's got a lot to go. do with um, with Sakio. Um, he's a part of the documentary that I made on Sakio Bicker's life. He's in the documentary, so yeah, it's it is a fascinating one um, that he chose him. I haven't spoken to Nigel um, since this all came out, but um, yeah, it's it's the one that they've gone with. You'd think that he would have preferred um, someone who isn't quite so much of a lunatic, <laughs> but um, well, Chris Eubank, yes. Yeah. Well, that's what, that's what he wanted. So he's been talking about fighting for a long time, Nigel Ben. He's been trying to get um, – that. Oh, that's his main one that he wanted was the, the fight with Chris Eubank Sr. But that couldn't happen. Yeah. Um, so he's gone through a number of other potential opponents and he's ended up here with, uh, with Sakia. It is a bizarre one, but um, I'll be watching it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Too young to appreciate when um, he'd fight back in his heyday. Oh, so just go and have a look on YouTube. It's yeah. crazy. He he was. Oh yeah, it's amazing. I just to see it live yeah. though was. See, you, I can understand Eubank Senior or Steve Collins or someone like that, but um, Sarko's yeah. crazy. Well, that's what they they tried both of them, uh, and I don't know how many they tried in between or what took place, but um, then they've gone to that. Yeah. Um, well, so see, I wouldn't want to fight Nigel Ben, that's for sure, because he's 55 years old, and I almost feel disrespectful saying this, but I couldn't imagine. Like, could you imagine if that was what I was known as in my career? Forgetting, even though the man's an absolute legend, arguably one of, if not the greatest super middleweight of all time, absolute excitement machine. I love Nigel Ben, but I would never fight Nigel Ben because imagine getting starts by Ben at 55. 
It could happen. <laughs> That'd be never live it down. Yeah, I'd have to. Know. I'd have to quit this podcast. That's for sure. Because you, 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 gentlemen, I was going to say something else. The new gentleman would never let me live that down. Getting starched by a fifty-five-year-old dark destroyer. Yeah, or alternatively, and you know, it's obviously a, a darker thought. But if if you did hurt Nigel Ben at fifty-five, a legend of the sport, like if Sacchio was to knock him out, and if he were to be hurt, um, that's. that's- yeah, that's yeah. really that's it's a really difficult situation. That's the worry is as you get older, it's it's not you might the body might be right, everything might be good, but you, you can't take the shots off these killers. It's not right at that age. Like yeah. it's yeah, it's um it's a real worry because um yeah well hopefully Sakio yeah like what's the approval process for the Irish Sport of Boxing Control. Yeah. Oh, I don't know how it works, but yeah, I've spoken to Sacchio and you know he plans to to box Nigel Ben and um, yeah, you know if if he does get in a position to throw a couple of shots, hopefully the ref gets in there quick because um, yeah, you just want it to to end with everyone. <laughs> you spoke to Sacchio and he said he plans to box Nigel Ben. Sacchio, yeah, and, and I don't have any box. I don't have any reason not to believe him because uh, he, he's always so measured. Whenever you take him for sparring or something, he gets... he's like, okay. I've had Sacchio. Yeah, I've had Sacchio down here sparring with me. Yeah, and um, he told me. He goes, you move a lot. He goes, I would punch you in the legs to slow you down if we were fighting. I'd yeah. hit you low. I've seen him go. And in that, mate, I was, I was extremely fit and moving around the ring like a lunatic because I didn't want Sarko to touch me. Our final sparring session, holy shit. Mm. Worst corky. In all my years of playing football as a kid, the worst corky I've ever had in my life was from Sarko Bicker smashing me in the thighs in a friggin' sparring session. Yeah. Hit me in the nuts, hit me in the thighs. I'm like, do you fucking do that in, uh, intentionally? He's like, no, sorry, brother, sorry, brother. Start moving around again. Crack, he's hit me low again. Yeah. He's a bad dude. He's a bad dude. Sakio doesn't box. Yeah. Sakio is not going to take it easy on anyone. You get in the ring with that man, you're in trouble. I know. I helped organize um, Sakio's trip to come and spar with you, and he said that it was really enjoyable hitting you in the legs, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to slow me down a bit. Yeah, no, I'll bet it, I'll bet it was very enjoyable. Uh, I did uh, uh, one day. Um, I won't say who the fighter was, but he he, he sparred with a, a young heavyweight who was going very well at the time. Um, and yeah, the the expectation was that he was going to take it quite easy, but geez, <laughs> round he was saying, "Oh, just just back off with me." He said, "Yeah, no, definitely will now." And then he would just go to another level again and again. <laughs> After which, like, "What were you doing? Why, why are you doing that?" And he's like, "Oh, you have to show them who's boss." I'm like, All right, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> uh, well, see, the thing is too, and it's off-putting because Sarko, if you know him as a person, oh, he's, so he's, he's, he's lovely. Yeah. But I suppose that's what makes him Sarko. Yeah. Is you put him in, he steps between those ropes. Don't matter who you are. Yeah. Don't matter how nice you've been to him. Yeah. He's going to punch you in the legs if he has to. That's <laughs> oh, appreciation of the career of Sakio Bika. Go and have a look. It's on YouTube, the final of the contender in the US when Sakio Bika fought against Jadon Codrington. Codrington was the uh, favourite going into the tournament. 
those two got through to the final and uh, the producers were very keen for the American to win and not Sakio, but it did not go that way. The first round is the most phenomenal round of boxing where both fighters go down and Sakio was gone, but then he got up and just mauled him and finished the fight and pretty much finished Jadon Codrington as a prospect and yeah. and slowed down his career significantly. It's brutal and just an incredible performance from Sakio. Um, and it pretty much sums up him not dropping his opponent, then getting dropped badly and climbing up and gutsing it out and winning like he's something else. Yeah, absolutely. He's a legend. Mm. Anyway, we got hey, stuff. an all Aussie fight we didn't mention, and um, I think we it deserves a mention. Shannon O'Connell versus um, Shanika Johnson. Yeah, that's a great one for the girls. I um, I really like that fight. Yeah. It's, it's no secret. Probably my favourite female fighter is Shannon O'Connell. She's an absolute monster and makes me feel like an absolute little bitch with her mindset. She's a bad lady. And um, Neeks is a young young up-and-comer who's hungry. She's, to, well, looking at her career so far, she's yet to be tested at all. She hasn't fought anyone yet. Yep. Whereas Shannon has taken on all comers. She seeks out the hardest fights time and time again. So you've got Shannon, who's battle-tested. She's been in wars. Um, I don't think I don't think her, her return fight, the one on the um, undercard of um, Horns of Rafa, yeah, yeah. she didn't look all that impressive that, that night. But um, maybe she's blown the cobwebs out. And uh, that was a, even that, that was an absolute war. And um, she dropped her opponent in the first round. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see. If um, if Shannon bounces back and we see the Shannon of old in this fight, and we've got Neeks, who's been very very impressive on her way up, but is yet to be tested, and will be so hungry to make a name for herself. So this is a great crossroads fight, and um, I think it yeah it deserves a mention that's for sure. So yeah, so it's job, ladies. I, I really look forward to that fight. Yeah, same weekend as um, the other fights that we've been mentioning. So it's on the eighth uh, of November at the Melbourne Pavilion. Um, oh, but, yeah, that's, that's yeah. Well, it's good. Um, it's a shame. Well, it's a shame that we couldn't get that on a televised card because it it would. Shannon's never in a bad fight. I I remember the first yeah. the first fight I ever saw of Shannon's, and um, I didn't really know much about Shannon. I knew a little bit about Di Prazak and Lucia Riker is probably one of my favourite female fighters of all time. Who was in Di's corner that night. But um, I was sparring with Jake Carr at the time. We went along just to watch Jake fight, and it's 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 a long drive. It's a late night. Shannon and I were about to fight, and uh, myself and Dad were actually going to leave. Um, yeah. And by the end of the by the end of the first round, like we we're out of our seats. It was unbelievable. Like, and I've just loved watching Shannon fight ever since. She's just just an absolute monster. So yeah, yeah. It, it's going to be fun. Yeah, good fight. Looking forward to it as well, for sure. Yeah, definitely. If um, yeah, if Neeks can win this, is kind of like her coming out party to Australian or you know to Australian public. Well, which is good. It's not televised, so yeah. that's a shame. Well, yeah, I mean that's true actually. So a coming out show to a stream. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Uh, also, <laughs> talking about other big fights. Um, there's been speculation of George Cambosis fighting uh, Vasula Machenko. Yeah. Um, I don't know if if how 
like legit that is, or well, you know, obviously Mitchell's got a lot of yeah. When it happened, like, so what happened is that Bob Arum said in a conversation uh, in an interview. Um, when asked about who potentially uh, Lomachenko could fight next, he mentioned George Cambostas' name. Um, and the fight hadn't been discussed. I've spoken with um, Cambostas' people. Like, the fight had not been discussed. But the fact that, that Aram had his name there and, and said it, um, he's obviously thought about it or something's happened. So even though nothing seems to have happened um, since, there, there haven't been any developments, um, at least he's there in the conversation. Like he's he's in Bob Arum's head, so uh, yeah. that's a that's a good place to be. I, I don't think that the fight happens, um, and certainly not anytime soon. But gee, uh, just to be in that conversation and to be in um, in Arum's uh, head like that means that there has to be something around the corner for him. Well, yeah. Well, former sparring partner of Manny Pacquiao, he's been in the world ratings for for so long now. Um, and I believe one of his training partners from Miami was signed to top rank. Um, so we've seen, we've actually seen George with Bob before. So of course he knows who he is. I just, I just want to see George active. I just want to see him in, in big fights. Maybe not the Vasil fight, if I'm, if I'm being totally honest, because I, I reckon George is world champion material, but um, no one, nobody in the world beats Vasil Lomachenko. The guy's not even human. Mm. Um, but, yeah, George is, George is in the conversation. That's cool. But um, I don't particularly like that fight. I want to see George take on one of the other champions. I think he's, I think George can become champion of the world. Yeah, well, that's hope he, he, I agree with you. The Lomachenko fight is... Uh, he's, yeah, but George, too, he's so popular as well, like on social media and that. Yeah. Um, He's a popular guy. I I want to see him back in Australia on these TV, on these televised shows. Well, my stance on that is extremely clear. Um, yeah, I'd love to see George back, and he is welcome um, on these shows back here. So, oh, who that? Who either he gets that world title shot, or, or he gets the Lomachenko fight if he wants it, or, yeah. or he gets back here and he can start um, turning into a star because you see the progress um, that someone like Tim Zeus made um, in the time that George has been. Uh, doing his stuff internationally, like that could have been George, yeah. and it could still be George. So um, yeah, yeah, surely that would entice him a little even, bit to come back. Even even as a co, even co-headlining these shows with Tim, you can build them both under the same banner. There's like some some guys just want all the all the limelight and and whatnot, but um, I reckon there's room for both of them at no, no doubt. Limit. No doubt. There's no room for him at Hoskin Promotions, but that's all me. It's a one. I'm a I'm one a shop. shop. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, we announced your news uh, last More week. More on TV, just not on my show. Stealing my limelight. <laughs> no, be, be uh, welcome to have George anywhere. Like the dude's the dude's a star. He needs to be built up in Australia. Yeah, I, I did mention briefly before teased uh, the, the existence of these shows, but obviously, uh, as Jay Ball knows, there's a couple of um, Fox Sports shows that are yet to be announced, but um, you'll see them in November, and uh, Jade will be on one of them. Yeah. Uh, we'll also be seeing the likes of Brock Jarvis, um, Liam Wilson, Jai Vatire, uh Sam Goodman again, um, uh, potentially Isaac Hardman. So, yeah, some, some good fights coming up on, on Fox Sports. Uh, any closer to... Someone for you to knock cold, Jade? Um, well, the, the options that we've got on the table, um, 
they're not exactly guys I'm just gonna knock cold, that's for sure. Yeah. But um this is this is what this is what I want. I wanna step up. I want to we're sitting at number eight in the world now. I want I want fights that are gonna position me and I wanna I wanna earn my earn my shot at a title like I touched on it earlier. Like I've only just, I'm, I've fallen back in love with boxing and training, and everything again. I just want to be in the gym. I just want to be working hard. The last two years, I've been hanging on by a thread, and I'm just, I've just been thinking, oh, I'm going to get that call up sooner or later and get the big money fight, um, which, which could have happened earlier in the year with, um, with Callum Smith. But now I've got the opportunity. My body's healed. I, I believe um, we can get big fights to Australia for me. And I can earn my shot at a title, like um, like the guys, like the like the guys before us in Australia have done. Daniel Daniel Gill, he earned his world title fight, like by beating Roman Kamas, and he had him out here, and he became the mandatory for Sebastian Sylvester. That's correct, Jed. That's correct. Uh, yeah. Yep. Um, Sam Solomon um, did that to to get Sturm. They they had that fight down in Geelong, um, and they funded that themselves. In order to get these, in order to get these big fights, um, so that's a plan with um, with HP. Um, it's up to me, and that's the plan. That's the plan for for Jaya Patea, um and and the others that the, yep. the TV are investing in. So I crapped on about ages before. It just, it just excites me so much, and I'm so in love with boxing again, and just just excited. When I can actually announce it, because nothing's set in stone yet. We've only got there's a few names that we've got um, circled at the moment, and um, matchmakers working on making these fights happen now. And um, yeah, it's exciting. What percentage of them are Hungarians? Seventy um, percent. Istvan Zala rematch. I think. I think even. Even. Um, we, Poor, me poor mate Gabor. He he wants it. He wants. He wants what about, it. So Dante Wilder has made the decision that he's going to go back and avenge his close wins, um, starting with that Ortiz rematch. Is there any chance that you go down that path? Maybe you give the fans what they want and go back and um, repeat or revenge some of those so guys. You might have seen in the post that Oz Boxing did that long ago. I haven't had any close wins. I've barely. I think out of my 117 rounds, if you look back through my history, mate, I would have been lucky lucky to have lost 17 of those rounds. So I don't have any close wins, mate. I've done it all. Uh, Easy. I need you, to step up. Mickey, come on. Take over, please. Not Stop going this. over old ground, mate. All right. Well, <laughs> Stop this. Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll <laughs> as we've been talking about the show lately, we do a true and false. Um, we've already yeah, answered a lot of these. But... Afterwards, to tell me all the same shit again. This part. Sorry. You know he'll ring both of us afterwards to tell us the same shit he's just told us now. You know. Yeah. Well, Jade, stay away from your car from any driving. Yeah. I just get bored. Then, um... I get bored, and um, Ford, the good people at Wignall Ford, hook me up with uh, great cars with really good. Um, Apple CarPlay and um, great hands-free, so I get bored while I'm driving and I uh, I call you guys. Jade is the best pound-for-pound pound, uh, segue of sponsors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What else you got for us, Mickey? What are they? Let's go. All right. True or false? Um, again, we've already covered a lot of these, but maybe you want to elaborate a little more. 
Uh, on the back of today's healthy turnout, Tim Zhu is now the face of Australian boxing, true or false? I'd say true. Yeah, it's hard to argue, isn't it? Even though Zarafa is yeah. my boy, I love Zarafa, but yeah, Tim Zhu's got the TV deal. Hopefully, hopefully we um, we see Zarafa sort something out soon. But um, yeah, for now yeah. it's got to be got to be Timmy. Tim or Francis Chua, one of them. <laughs> oh yeah, got about that. Yeah, or, or the removalist. Yeah. Um, <laughs> again, we've already covered this, but uh, Jack Brubaker will return as a pure puncher under the guidance of Jeff Fennick. True or Jack's false? Jack's never been a pure puncher. He's 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 got. He can box, he can punch, Jack can do it all, but I would say he's never been a pure puncher. Maybe he'll sit on his shots a bit more, but I say false because Jack Jack's more than just a puncher. Yeah, I think we'll see. Brawler was a better, better choice of words. I beg your pardon? Maybe Brawler was a better choice of words. He does like a yeah. tear up. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know what. I don't know what they'll come up with. Does he try and infight with Tim? Does he try and make this a you know, a fight at close quarters. I don't know what they plan, uh, how they try and um, overcome Tim. But, yeah, I certainly don't think he's going to come as a pure puncher. Um, this one's more for Jade, but you're welcome to speculate on this one, Ben. Uh, Jade yeah, okay. will fight a Hungarian in his live television debut. Please say yes. <laughs> well, certainly he will. Uh, and, you know, why would you pass up that opportunity? Uh, <laughs> Uh, I honestly believe <laughs> rematch will do good numbers, better than the. Do, yeah. do I get? Do I get to answer this one, you cunts? No. <laughs> um, no. No. Look, <laughs> this is this is this is not on. I've bought more Australians than anyone else in the super middleweight division. And yeah, I've bought two Hungarians before, and old Stinky was Danish, not a Hungarian. Yeah, but he spent oh. a lot of time in Hungary. Um, <laughs> you, you guys are fucked. You cannot walk down the street in Hungary without a full-on brawl breaking out, I'm sure. I'm, I'm, been- barred, in, I'm barred in Hungary. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'll get, I get turned around at customs. They don't want to bar me over there. All right, next. All right, last one. Uh, a legacy fight between Anthony Mondine and John Wayne Parr. Is good for domestic boxing, true or false? I think we need to celebrate our legends. Um, if they put a great card together, man, it's it's awesome. I, I, I'm going to say, yeah, it's good for domestic boxing. Wow. What a- These guys go out in a, in a, in a, in a great show and um, got a good undercard as well. I say, yeah, true. It's good yeah, for well, domestic. For sure, DDP will be putting on a very good um, undercard because they always do. I know there's an opportunity for... Um, uh, a world title eliminator for Ron Murdoch as well, which could potentially end up on that card. Who knows if that does take place or not? Um, uh, ben Marnie's going to be fighting as well. Um, so, yeah, the, the undercard means that it probably is good. Um, the main event, uh, you know, whether it is good for domestic boxing or not, um, as I said before, they're, they're similar ages. So I don't think it's a massive scandal. But again, yeah, hopefully um, no one gets hurt in that one. And that would be bad for, for Australian boxing. But fingers crossed, everything will be um, A-OK. This yeah. isn't in your shitty true or false segment, but um, we skipped over We skipped over. Um, is Ben ben Mahoney or Ben Marnie 
I should know. I'm actually going up there to spar with Ben and John in October. How to say his name. I'm really sorry, Ben. I believe it. Um, but we skipped over it, and this probably should be in your little segment. Um, is Ben Marnie, is he Australia's most avoided prospect along Ty Telford, true or false? Um, yeah, maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Look, I, the, way I, the way I look at this with guy, guys who are on the up, um, I think um, potentially, potentially, I think Ben is fighting for a regional title in this fight. Once guys like Ben who are dangerous on the way out, once they have something to lose, then the other guys are going to show interest in fighting him. But it's still only early days for Ben too. There's no no super rush. And once again, he's a young guy. Yeah. Um, it's good to so watch. I don't, know, I don't know about avoided. It's just is there anything there for people to gain by fighting him besides getting your ass whooped by someone who's only had six professional fights or however many fights Ben's had now. So it just, yeah, yeah. it's it, he might be avoided, yeah. but. There's not much to gain from fighting Ben just yet. Um, I think so, it's good when I think it's good when other prospects fight each other on the way up. Did you just make a true or false question? I did. Oh, because all your other one. ones were shit. Before. I'm just dirty on that Hungarian on that Hungarian true or false. Uh, no, well we 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 skipped over that because um and we started talking about the undercard. That DDP put together. They've got some great fighters, and DDP always put yep. awesome shows on. So I just thought Ben Mahoney needed uh, needed a bit of a shout out. He's one to watch. I think it's Marnie. Oh. Marnie? I think it's I'll, um, okay. Marnie. You call him Ben. Just call him Ben when you're Benny. when you're up there. Big bad Benny. Confusing though. Confusing. It, it is confusing. It reads like Mahoney. Yeah, yeah. like Maloney. Mahoney. Yeah. Oh. But um, yeah. So. I did invent one, so okay, yeah. Anyway, well, I like. So I would say, would say well, I'm I'm sitting on the fence whether it's true or false. Anyway, but it's just it's it's a hard one. Are you saying though that you've only fought two Hungarians as a professional? Um, I believe so. Maybe three. No, three. There was okay. Istvan Zella. I fought him because he went ten rounds with Bilal Akaway, and I wanted to show yeah, everyone yeah, that I yeah, yeah. fought him. Yeah. I put. Gabor Farkas to sleep because me and Reynold Quinlan were supposed to fight each other for the PABA title back in the day. Then Quinlan got his fight with Daniel Gill. Yeah. So poor Gabor got bought in and I starched him in a round. Yeah. And then the other fella, my little bald mate, Roland Orlazan, I um I fixed him up in, in three. That was a I was sort of a stay busy. I think I fought two Hungarians in a row. I think I Starts me little bold mate, and then um, then knocked out Zala after that. Yeah. yeah, I was there that night. It was yeah. uh, it was a bad night for Hungary, but uh, <laughs> well, I think that's it. That's it. Yeah, that should be it, definitely. Yeah. Well, shout out to Hungary. Keep on, yeah. keeping on. Yeah, yeah. Congratulations on everything. <laughs> Cheers, lads. See you later, boys. Uh, thank you. Goodbye, Matador. Goodbye, Matador. Bye, Ned. Bye, Jade. Bye.